0: My two Verona Nick You
1: must remember those words. Gordon Sutton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stories Out of Time and Space. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I'm joined by Julian Darius. Julian, how are you doing? You okay? I'm fine. <laughs> you went for the voice. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna try and do it that like, way. <laughs> yeah, it does not It didn't. I don't think I could sustain it for the amount of time that I'd need to. Do, I would need to do it. But uh, yeah. Um, for anyone wondering what the hell we're talking about, if you haven't really watched a film and you haven't seen the, the the title of this one, we are covering Alphaville from 1965, a French new wave noir sci-fi film. Um, the story of a secret agent, Lemmy Caution, which I'm not entirely sure if it's supposed to be a, a joke name or not, um, who is sent to Alphaville, which... And I'm going to... Okay, may or ne- may or not may or may not be on another planet. Um, and Alphaville is run by a scientist and uh, uses an, uh, an AI called Alpha sixty to run things on logic, and therefore all sort of emotions and things have been. Or certain emotions are outlawed, and over time, certain words are also forbidden. Um, he is there to bring the scientist uh, Professor von Braun back or at least offer him the opportunity before Alphaville is to be destroyed or enter into a war. In doing so, he falls in love with, or well, no, does he? I don't know. He he grows potential feelings or he yeah, basically... He, he says he's in love. They, I, they're they supposed
2: to be in love.
1: Right, okay. Yeah. With, the, with the scientist's daughter, Natasha Van Brant, and the film ends with them escaping Alphaville. Um, let's talk about this. So it's a French film from 1965, so it's in French. Not a problem. Uh, quite, you know, the subtitles are all fine. Um, let's start with you, Julian. What were your initial thoughts uh, about this film?
2: Well, this is sort of a, a classic of French science fiction, um, and I didn't see this until relatively late. Um, I'm not in love with this film. I mean, this is the second or third time that I've seen it. I'm not in love with this film, and I and I think that You know, I'm not in love with Godard and and French Mm. New Wave in general. Um, But, you know, I think that it's... I often find myself thinking about this film. I think that it is visually and in its concepts kind of arresting. It's very bizarre. Um, Mm -hmm. It sort of reminds me of, like, a French version of Brazil. Like, I kept thinking of Brazil during it rather than, like... What we would normally think of, which would be like, say, a nineteen eighty four adaptation or something. This is yeah. closer to that. There's a lot of just stuff that's weird. What do you think?
1: No, Brazil is one of the touchdowns. I actually did think about. I agree. There's others as well. Like, I, I, I want to mention the comparisons to Blade Runner and a few others as well. But like, yeah, but, uh, the difference is with this. So usually, you, you, you know, you're not you're not in love with this film. Um, I would happily kick this film around an, ent- an alleyway uh, and then <laughs> leave it for dead. Like no, uh, no, that's probably too far. I it took me t- it took me two sittings to get through this film. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. And not because it was not because it was it was you know pushing me over like that, but like that. you see about the visuals and there, some of the visuals in this are very stunning. There are some very very well shot scenes. But then there are whole sequences that I'm expecting to sort of end. They're almost like, they're like a cologne advert or like, an after, you know, like a perfume advert. Where there's a sequence. Here, so I'm expecting it to be like, you know, mystery by Godard. I, I, it's just like, I don't know what this is doing for the plot. I don't know what's, you know, I'm not entirely sure how this is helping. I don't understand why these characters are doing some of the things. Did not surprise me. When I was reading up some notes on this, that it was suggested that Godard didn't even have a script for this when he started filming, and so there are sequences he was just like, "I want to film this," and I'm like, "Oh, that totally makes sense." Yeah, no, I, I
2: agree, and I think that there's a lot that is sort of uh, indulgent, and you mm. know, I think art is by its nature indulgent, right? Um, but there's a lot that is sort of has that sense of capriciousness. Uh, to it, and I think that's fine. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that we like the most has a certain sense of that, but I don't know. I I think that's typical of Godard. I think that's Mm -hmm. you know, like you see, like, breathless, uh, you know, and it this this is very much sort of in that spirit of sort of an outsider who has violent (laughs) tendencies, right, Um, in a society that is depicted as sort of fascistic or or hostile to him. And in all of those movies, characters just kind of do things. Um, There's a sort of, I think there's a sort of uh, feeling, and and I have this sometimes too, uh, that sort of uh, something like characters and people kind of just do things. They don't always know why they're doing it. Um, But that is compounded here by the fact that we're not supposed to really understand this foreign culture and that stuff I love. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like in Brazil, it feels more like Tim Burton esque kind of like, you know, golly gee, this is silly. You know, this is, this is, you know, not silly. This is uh bizarre, right? For mm-hmm. Bizarreness sake here. I feel like I'm immersed in an alien culture, so to speak. I don't think it really is a, in another galaxy but I'm immersed in this bizarre culture of another town, another civilization and basic thing, like words don't mean the same things, um, which is true when you go to a, a foreign country or something.
1: Yeah. That, that the, the, when there are certain ideas and themes in this film, I really like, I will admit that. And so this idea of words becoming forbidden. And so she, there's a whole sequence at the end where she's talking about the word conscience Mm-hmm. Uh, and i like that and even the, the sort of phrase of like you know love you and all this other stuff and she's like oh that's sort of like why what you know she sort of says about the word why what you know i mm-hmm. didn't use that she said like, well yeah you did last night when did i use it and she's like i don't know what it means I don't we don't say why we just say because you know we sort of mm-hmm. however and all that's fine and i kind of like that in some cases However, the, the, there are other things that just just sort of bothered me. So this whole thing is about it's, it's about an AI. This, this society is run by Alpha Sixty, which makes probability uh, calculations, and then decisions are based on that. That's the whole predilection of this, right? And it's about sort of not knocking that and living within that. And and then, but then they have these executions that seem to be sort of like so. You talk about logic. The idea is to have logic okay and so i want there's an execution scene where they're killing people and one of them's because mm. he wept when his wife died and stuff and like, oh we're getting rid of emotion and stuff My okay, case, so you get rid of emotion however you are then playing off executions as a form of entertainment and you have synchronized swimmers diving in to retrieve the body and then people clapping but if you're drunk say that's an entertainment then why because that's a show of emotion, which makes no logic. So you're actually, you're all guilty of the same thing as the guy who just wept for his wife. So yeah. there was there were scenes like that throughout where I'm like, the logic in this makes no sense. Like, it's not thought out. It doesn't, it didn't work in that, like you're saying about this alien society. And I'm like, no, it gives you the premise and then doesn't stick to the premise. But but the thing is, it doesn't make, you know, I, I have to disagree with you,
2: first of all, i I see what you're saying i don't i don't disagree with the point but first of all let's let's agree that having synchronized swimmers pick up the corpses of you know uh, people who have been executed is fucking brilliant and that that that, That, that was when brazil
1: that was when brazil came to mind I was like, oh that's a gilliam kind of touch like gilliam's clearly watched this film and and, yeah (laughs) oh yeah
2: um and and both of them have, you know, Gilliam has some of that sense of like, yeah, it doesn't need to make sense, right? It makes mm-hmm. sense emotionally, right? Um, but like you you say, well, entertainment is emotion too. Well, to a certain degree, but it's not, I mean, you can classify anything as emotion, right? Like you could say, why is there war? Because war is based on hating the enemy or something. Well, you know, a society that is anti-emotion is probably going to have war nonetheless. Um it's entertainment, but you don't see them like giggling and stuff. You know, they're sort of like going through a fascistic show of clapping and, you know, sort of like, Mm. isn't that dictator great? And I think this gets to some of, I mean, of of course it doesn't have to be understood, but I think it gets to some of this point of like how that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to us, but we go into like, you know, whether it's like, you know, Iran or, you know, dictatorial societies where they have certain rules, but then they have these contradictions where you'd say, how is this not an obvious contradiction? It's like, well, that's not seen as emotion within this context. Um, I do agree that it's obvious that, like, you know, uh, Alpha 60 in this sort of AI-run society is not based on logic. I mean, it's Mm. not running like a well-oiled machine you know um it's bizarre but i but i will say like some of those contradictions those contradictions
1: are inherent to totalitarian regimes right yeah and that's that's fair and that's fine but then you need to expand upon that within the film and that's the point like there's no other sort of like so you get this one scene but no one even your your main protagonist who's pretending to be a journalist and is only sort of shown to be Jones because he takes photos of everything, which also starts to bother me after a while. But we'll get to that is the fact that that should be then leveled up. Like he should be saying, like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, he's, if he is going to be the point of view character, then at least have him say, like, you know, because she tells him he's being killed. This guy's been executed for having wept over the, the death of his wife. And him saying like, well, what you're here to celebrate that? Like, you know what is this? You're showing sort of like an act of. There's no logic to this. Like, you know, he's to question it, or and these would be at least then be put in his place. But it's never sort of like you know, because he says like, because later on he actually says like, I don't. He, he's like, it's clear he doesn't understand it, and then later on he's like, oh, I'm st- I'm starting to understand this place, but it's it's quite clear it's 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 brought up repeatedly. You either. You either get with Alphaville, and you know that that's the best way to survive, or you end up killing yourself because it's too messed up. And yeah. so it's it's, it's, it's it's this weird thing of like I, I want I constantly was going like I want to understand that, like I want to try and understand how that is happening. So why is it? Who is one of these people that's been driven like footsie? Like who's gone crazy mm. in this in, in this thing? Because you met you you introduced to his friend. Henry or Henry is it? Sort of the guy who's in the 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 shady, um, like the skeezy hotel.
2: Henry Dickinson. Dixon? That's it. Henri, yeah.
1: yeah. And so I'm like, oh, cool. This is going to be that character. The way you're going to go, like he's been, he's you know, almost like, at one point I was like, oh, he's going to be like a former agent. Like he was the one who was sent before, and he failed, and he's become this mm-hmm. sort of like staying here's driven him mad. And that doesn't come to anything. And I was just like, no. Well, I mean, you know, I if
2: I wrote this movie, I would have a lot of those things that you're talking about. Mm. Um, I would want to make things clearer, right? That's my logical instinct, right? This is a movie that is anti-logic. I mean, literally, the AI, it's, you know, uh, it's French, you know? I mean, the French are not a rigid Germanic sort of like the trains will fucking run on time mm-hmm. society. They're all, you know, so many French movies end with like, you have to listen to your heart and you're like, what the fuck? You're in space. Why, you know, or yeah. whatever. Why how is that, you know, as if like, you know, uh, serial killers don't listen to their heart, right? But, so I mean, I have some of those problems with this. But I do think that, like, first of all, there is no audience identification care. No, right. Because uh, let me caution the main character. You don't know. He keeps insisting he's a reporter. He's clearly not. It's kind of an open (laughs) secret that he's not. Um, But he's coming from a society that we don't understand either. And I do kind of love this idea. And you think about my own sort of Martian comics and sort of like immersing people in this alien culture. I do kind of like this idea of like, okay, a guy goes to a city that he doesn't understand. But he's from a culture that is also alien, right? Um, and isn't that true anyway, right? I mean, there's a lot of when you read a story about, you know, like Marco Polo, Marco Polo doesn't come from a society that we understand anymore. And the whole story was made up anyway. you know, it was embellished greatly. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of like, I kind of like this idea of it's true. We don't know anything, but it's sort of like, a story of somebody going to japan which is people say like you can live there for 30 years and as a westerner and not understand mm-hmm. anything about the essence of japan or somebody who goes to the soviet union you know at the, at the height of the soviet union and it's like right there are things i understand but there's also stuff that just seems completely closed off and foreign to me there are signals and signs. Of danger or
1: yeah. whatever okay. that I don't understand. I, I get what you're saying. I, I understand. I appreciate that. you. You are right. It's sort of like it's like we you, we're external. These are external. There's two alien cultures coming together, and we are external to that. We are a third party, a third country, if you will. But I've seen films that do that. Like I've watched, like you know, I will think like early Jackie Chan or like Hong Kong cinema, or sort of like you know, um, Southeast Asian cinema, where it's like oh, like, yeah, I'm not privy to this, but it's going to be sort of like, you know, Korean cinema and you're going to have, or even like Hong Kong cinema, like the whole thing is set into the culture. All right, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. And often there are films I really enjoy uh, that do that, right? That have that sort of like out of, fish out of water or clash of cultures, and I'm not part of either of them. How that works or how I then identify is one of the characters at least has to be (laughs) likable. Do you know what I mean? Like you have mm-hmm. to be going. Oh, I I don't understand them, but at least I'm a sort of like I'm able to sort of like maybe not identify, but I can side with that person. Like I side and understand what's going on, and I'm I can back that sort of person's motivation or or whatever. But like you say in this one, let me caution. It's just it's just he's he's such a sort of a, a noir sort of stereotype that like you know. It's just he's so aloof throughout that I'm just like, oh okay, well like, you're just a, you are ju-. he is so two dimensional as a character. That I'm just like, ah eh, yeah, fine, you know. I'm I'm I know you you are the main character, so I'm gonna follow you. But like, I don't, well, don't feel anything. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 but I'm like I'm like I don't feel anything. You know, that's fair. I mean.
2: You know, I I sometimes I have a problem with this idea of, like, needing to like a character. And we've talked about this before, that, Mm. like, there are times where I feel that and I feel pissed off at a character or where I don't have anyone I can identify with. I mean, I I would say, you know, at other times I don't feel that need at all. Um, And others do. I don't know what I feel about that here. I do think that he does seem like a cipher but I don't know that he's two-dimensional. It just seems like we can't see inside him. I mean, he's on a mission where he's got to present this front, right? I mean, he's he's a film noir character. He's yeah. on a, he, you know, it's like watching the spy go into, you know, Soviet, uh, the Soviet Union, and you don't know whether he's a spy throughout most of the movie. Now, this is not done the way we want that movie to be done, right? We'd mm. want the reveal and we'd want him to Talk to you know the girl he loves and say, "Listen, I am a spy, and we need to get out of here." And he kind of does that, but yeah, he does seem—I don't know—sort of. He has that cipher-like, old-school masculinity.
1: Yeah, but but again, you're saying like you know, you, yeah, that's it. Like an old-school masculine Like you know, he slaps people around, and like again though, <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, he does. Even I know. First, no, you're the, right. And, I mean, and I'm and I'm fine with all of that. Like you say, this is setting this is from the '60s. It's got a different. It's got that noir method. Humphrey Bogart did this as Sam Spade. of the characters I've got no problem with ha- like with following a sleazy character, mm-hmm. but you've got to give something to make it worth my while. And I just don't feel that to the extent of like again. I think this comes down to the way some of it's filmed. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's weird because there are interactions between Lemmy and Natasha. That almost reach an um like an emotional level. Like she's actually good. I like her. Like the um, uh, Akim uh, T- tamarov who plays Natasha von Braun. Like, like uh, uh, you know, Anna that, Karina That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Anna yeah. Karina. i just put the wrong. Yeah, Anna Karina. Eddie Constantine is the uh, um is Larry. Yeah, uh, Anna Karina. Like she she's good. Like there are scenes in this, like you know, where she's sort of conveying confusion and caught in and sort of like she's that one of like you know again if this was a west if this was a, an american or an English one like there would be the over over explosion of emotion of sort of like i've been lied to my entire life and i've you know all this other stuff like but she sort of works through it a little bit by like yeah no i don't know what this word conscience means i'm trying to look for it and i like the fact that they refer to it as the bible and so hmm. at first i was a bit like Oh, that again, I was going to call that out and go, oh, how is this logical? And they're all but they're still dedicated to a Bible. But then you find out the Bible isn't the Bible. It's actually a dictionary and is replaced on a regular basis as new words are introduced and old words are forbidden. And I loved that Mm -hmm. Um, to the extent that at one point she's looking for the word conscience. and a guy comes in and just takes it and replaces it into her hand Mm -hmm. and says it's not in there and carries on. And I was like, brilliant that I loved and she's really good at that like she conveys some of that confusion of like i sort of know this word i, I know the thing that goes with it but mm. i can't tell you what it is and so there were moments like that where i'm like oh cool it's leaning into something i can i can enjoy and i can sort of like tap into and then it then that goes again and i'm just like all oh, right fair enough
2: yeah, I, I would I would agree that I mean the irony is this is a sort of French pro emotion movie in some, mm. to some degree uh that doesn't let you emotionally connect with the characters. Yeah. Um and that's certainly true. I agree with you. And I do like those elements that you're talking about, and I do like Natasha sort of struggling with that. Um I, I guess I would say that, you know, like the French the French say that. They're sort of good at making artsy movies and the Americans are good at making crappy, you know, accessible movies. And once in a while, the two can converge Mm -hmm. and you get like a Chris Nolan or something, Mm. that you know, is smart enough, but, you know, an artsy enough, but still accessible. Right. And you don't have to write a dissertation about it to understand it or something.
1: No, I, I agree. Yes. I'm gonna count that though with one thing though, right? So you are right, and I agree then there is a definite a sheen of art across this. And I'm gonna put that in inverted commas, right? There's a sheen of <laughs> art across this. However, because uh, I, I would say that there are other we, we have watched other films that have, have, have had that sort of sheen and done it better. So we've talked about Solaris. Let's sort of foreign foreign films, or at least the European language films. Solaris and um Eyes Wide shut, the Spanish version, and that sort of thing. Like there's a sheen of that, but it works better. What both of those had that I felt this was lacking was um, cohesion in its in its um, technical ability. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there was a great shot, maybe, but then the transition like, basically the editing in this film is is atrocious. There are scenes that are clearly like two seconds or a second or two too long. There's ones yeah. that get cut off, Um, and it, it, I wouldn't say it's intentional because it's really disruptive. Like, I don't mind you know cutting to like a close-up shot of somebody's face or something that's completely unrelated or a clock or some shit like that, but do it in a nice, slick, well-edited way. The editing in this film is is awful. Uh, It's clunky and it's badly done. And I think it then that damages that artistic intent.
2: I think you're right. I I think I I do have to agree with that. I think that the worst example of that are the inverted shots where you start near the end. You get these shots that are in negative. Mm. Why are those moments in negative? There's no reason whatsoever. It it does feel like a film school student being artsy as opposed to, um, you know, going going off on some sort of, uh, you know, um, really artistic tangent where you're indulging in a coherent scheme, it does seem a little film school student at those times. And I, and I do think there's a sort of like version of this mm. that is, or a, a remake that you know, knows what it's doing and is a little more direct with its plot. And, and as you say, like edit it in a way so you understand uh, what's going on more. Um, at least you don't have to understand the culture or who the characters are, but you understand like the basics of the plot. Um, so much of this is like, I mean, obviously this is a version of Paris, right? It's shot mm-hmm. in Paris. Mm-hmm. So much of this is like driving around. And I, <laughs> I did keep wondering like, because you don't speak French. Like, there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, how would you make sense of this if you don't speak French? <laughs> there's a lot of, like, signs and writing that is not translated. And they're driving around. And it, there's, like, a centur or, like, a, a peripherique, like a like a road around the city that they mm-hmm. are, are driving on, apparently. And then you keep seeing, like, nord, sud, right? Like, north and south. They're going mm-hmm. to these, like, districts, and they're always driving around, but you don't have a sense of like, where are? They? What does this? No. What does this mean? You know, it it is very. It doesn't tell the story. It's not really no. concerned with telling the story.
1: No, most definitely. I mean, it's interesting because you know, coming off the back of um, The Fly, you mm-hmm. know, we talked about the, the the Cronenberg remake, and obviously we took then mentioned like The Thing being another good example. Like, yeah, there's a ver- there's, there's a modernization of this. That I think would be, you know, and yeah, yeah, like we joke off. We often joke, and I wouldn't give it to Michael Bay, but like, mm. yeah, like a Nolan or um, I don't know, there are directors so I'd be like, yeah, you could do this, and you could make it uh, meaningful, and you could get some themes, and you could really talk about alienation and this thing. I mean, you talk about the plot as well. At one point. And it's it's mentioned once, and it never comes up again, and it's never been a driver for anything. But about like two thirds of the way, it sort of comes into the towards the final act. He mentions an atomic weapon coming for mm-hmm. Alphaville, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, was this was this like a ticking clock? Like, was it always was he working against the clock? Is this because mm-hmm. that was he never he never acted like he was <laughs> under stress to get things done in time. <laughs> And then after that, like even after he uses it to tell um um Natasha that there's this threat and they have to leave. And it but then even after that, they're sort of in this really sort of relaxed way of sort of going, like, well, okay, we'll do this and we'll do that. And it's sort of I'm like, well, hang on, no, what's happening with this nuclear threat that's coming? Like, what's happening?
2: Right. And, and you're right. I mean, I, I feel the same thing. it's sort of thrown out there, and <laughs> I mean, again, yeah, technically. You can that was there, and he's trying not to let on that you know his mission is to get you know Werner von Braun, uh, the equivalent, out yeah. before you know before the nuclear strike. But there never is like a conversation about like, yeah, your your society, wherever you come from in the in the outer countries, um, is about to annihilate millions of people. Um, are you better than the society? I mean, where's the morality here? Um, it's very that, that is very strange.
1: No, exactly. You you've you just said something that I was I was I was looking for in this film. That I I I think is is vastly lacking. Cause you say, look, it's not about the plot, right? Yet you have like Alpha 60. Spouting this garbled philosophical crap throughout the film, like, and it's like they're reading some again. And, and there are moments well, when he, it's, he quotes Borges, actually. Well, this sort of thing sometimes, but well, this is the point is the the, the in, there are sections where the philosophical lines that are being spoken connect, and you go, Oh, okay, I see you was going at one point. She talks about the cycle, the circle of life and death, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, Okay, I'm getting where this is sort of you know, what you're thinking. And then there's other times so I'm like, I'm sure this is very philosophical. Doesn't seem to relate to anything that's happened on the screen or anything that's happened before. Like, I don't know what the point is. Like, it's filling a moment. Um, But what I was hoping for, like, he meets, he does meet Professor Von Braun at the end. And I was waiting for some sort of, like, f- philosophical head to head. For exactly what you've said. Well, how is your society any better than mine? We have order and logic and 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 he's like they have this very brief talk of like you know thing and at one point he talks about poetry or something or you know creativity, mm. but there's nothing there to say about how spirituality and faith and instinct are any better than sort of like you know pure intelligence and all this other stuff like, you know or even there's I don't know it, it, I was hoping for something along those lines to have that philosophical debate or at least maybe portray it in some way I don't know you know yeah. I mean, I agree with you, um, but like thinking
2: about what's good about this movie and and what the problems would be in our sort of like imagined um, sort of reboot, right, um, uh, or a new version of it. The problem is always going to be that, that, uh, that presumably American director, um, and I don't think, you know, a British director would be any better Uh is, you know, that our instinct would be to underline those things, right. Uh To have that philosophical debate and to, and to have those moments of uh, like, you know where you morally stand in this, right. The bad guys are really bad. The good guys are good. Maybe there's a little gray area, but they have these clear discussions. And I think that is absolutely wrong. I mean, that kind of thing, cannot would would cause this film to collapse instantly um it yeah. seems to me that like like the, if, you, if you want to talk about like this is an espionage movie i mean if you do it as like you know tinker taylor where mm, yeah i mean there's a good side and a bad side but it's but, pretty gray and everybody yeah. knows that it's really gray and no secret agent worth his salt is going to go on a moral rant about mm. how, you know, uh, the West is so much purer and better. Um, and in fact, if somebody does, watch the fuck out because they've they got a problem. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that's the tone that we have trouble doing, especially in, you know, the sort of blockbuster, the sort of, you know, made for everybody kind of movie. Well, and this avoids that quite, quite well. I mean. Stallone did it. <laughs> in, in, in in Demol-
1: like Demolition Man, you know, it has those two, but he stands in Kinda. the middle says says, You get dirty, you get a lot clean. Meets no, but I
2: head. mean, that you can't do that. I mean, that is not. No, I've just, right. I mean, just decided.
1: I'm just deciding now You, you can't Alpha do that Vilt, with. Alphaville, <laughs> it's going to be Demolition Man 2, Alphaville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you mean now. I know exactly what you're saying. You can't moralize on either side of the equation because then. You you're right. It, it it does. It takes away a lot from what the film is intending to do, and I agree with that. But you need at least to lay the arguments out. Yeah, that's what you need to do.
2: Well, I think you need a little more coherence, both about yeah. what they're doing, where they are. Um, but I mean, some of the stuff that at the same time that I say that, some of the stuff that I love best about this film. Is stuff that uh, is totally incoherent. I mean, I, I, f- watching it again, I'd forgotten. You know, I mean, it sort of starts with um, Lemmy Constant. You don't even know his name until later. Mm. Uh, and I, I love Eddie Constantine. Uh, you know, who plays him? This sort of like he's classic gruff macho kind of guy. You know, sort of ugly. Uh, arrives in Alphaville. He checks into a hotel. There's a girl who's kind of like assigned to him and they keep having these girls like a, a, a seductress third class. And, yeah. you know, like what is going on here? Like there's some kind of like gender role where anyone who comes in from out of town is like seduced. Or do these girls like the line about like I come with the uh,
1: hotel room. You know? They're prostitutes. Like- they're the prostitutes because I, I, that's how I took it. Like they were assigned to the hotel. Because they've mm. all numbered. They've all got numbers on the back of their necks. And he gets another one later on. There's a brunette. Um, yeah. He, again, basically tells him to lose weight. Now, these are very beautiful women. Like, you know, it's you know very attractive. And sort of like, she. She he get, he's getting ready. And all of a sudden, like, she's just in her, her bra and, and panties. And she's like, you know, I can help you. She's having a bath at one point while he's having a mm. fight. Like, all that sort of stuff's going on. Which, again, I have so, to ask.
2: Him. Well, that's but, what I was going to reference. It's like, yeah. right away. This girl goes in, she's thinking about, a guy is in the room, you know, like, I found a man in the room, (laughs) and I shot him, you know, and that just is, like, passed over, as if, like, well, that's just a thing that happens here and it's so bizarre. Go ahead ahead about the Uh, the prostitute.
1: You're right, because at one point, it's referenced very slightly later on, when he says about having killed a guy in his room, Yeah. and everyone's like, eh, it happens, and you're just like, oh, all right, fine. Um... (laughs) When when he goes to see Henri in the in the sort of like the sleazy hotel or the the bedsit or wherever it is, the, the, there was a, there was a seductress there as well, and she goes with like she goes with uh, Henri, and she, he pays her. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, she take and she then takes money out of his pocket. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's clear that they are like say they are prostitutes, and you can turn the away, but they are assigned to. Um the hotel as in like it's it's got that sort of you know that 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 service is available to you readily available you know right to single men um and i find that interesting like again it's that thing you know you're saying about world but no i did say about it but this is what i was looking for in it world building you know that you say about the alien culture and it should be alien all right but show me it's alien enough to be like yeah i don't understand why this i don't have to relate to it but i need to at least see how this world is built and there are times when it's sort of like they have. That's one of the ideas I'm liking. I'm like, cool. Well, they've got I these mean, ideas.
2: I, like, I'm aware that they're prostitutes. My question is, like, are they? They they're sort of like assigned to. I'm not sure that they're like assigned to the hotel or if they move around in the city, right? I don't know. But it seems like they have some sort of reporting to the state, right? Mm. Like they they are not just agents of an independent hotel uh you know they're they're tagged in number right you know yeah. i mean there's some centralized gender uh handmade steel stuff going on here but like instead of handmade steel being focused on women as mothers this is women as sex
1: right yes well i, th- I think one of the for me one of the i and i wasn't entirely sure what to make of it but one of the points But one of the things I noticed, because he sees that she has the the, the seductress has a number in the back of her neck later on. Uh, And but then later, later in the film, towards the end, he asks to see the back of Natasha's neck and she has a number as well. Now, we have not seen any other women in this film to know that it's all women. We've only been shown that these centrally assigned prostitutes are, are numbered and she has one, too. So the only thing I can take is okay. Well, she's been numbered for a purpose. Now I'm not saying she's a prostitute, but it shows that there's sort of like a, a control in place. Um, and so I thought that was interesting. That sort of like to bring that up in Natasha, um, in in that respect.
2: Yeah, and you know, if you want to run a sort of feminist criticism of it, I mean, this is a sort of uh, you know <laughs> a classic french film that supposes there is no role for a woman unless she is young and beautiful you yeah. know which which is true of, you know cinema in general right but mm-hmm. uh here it's literally a town where yeah you know, okay the town is you know depicted as bad in some ways but yeah but i mean i do like i don't know i, I was thinking of um lost in translation um uh, which mm-hmm. is a terrible terrible film but um you know, it uh, this idea of, like, one of the scenes that sticks with me is the prostitute, Bo Murray, with a prostitute and sort of not understanding how this works and what her the emotions she's depicting are. And I think that this is very similar to that. Like, you know, she comes with a room. How does this work? Why is she taking a bath in my hotel yeah. room? You know, like, <laughs> why is she unmoved by a fight? You know, like, this is just something that happens. I'm, you know... I don't get involved in the fights, you know? Yeah. One of you will kill each other, but it's none of my business. You know, like, it's it's so foreign. And I do love that sense of it being utterly foreign.
0: Oh,
1: I mean, yeah. I, there are moments, like they say, There's, I, I'm a fan of the weird... You know and I've, I've said that, I, and I like again talking about like, Terry Gilliam and taking that extent. So there are things in this that I'm like, cool. That's kind of, it. and I'm saying the world building, the weird world building, I'm kind of digging. I mean, um, there are moments in this that I like when they are that when they are this weird, uh, weird world building. I I like the interview that Alpha Sixty gives him. You know, he's taken and he's sort of like crammed into this room with these microphones all hanging around him and they'd ask a series of questions and stuff. And I like that scene, again, because I'm like, okay, that feels like very much like sort of that fascist state where I'm like, oh, you've you've put your head above the parapet and we don't like that, so we're going to pull you in and, um, you know, ask you a series of questions. So all that, I was, again, like these things I'm digging, you've got these sort of like... um I don't know, like G-Men, these sort of like officers of the state that just turn up and give him a bit of a kick in and then take him away and stuff. like. And just, I was like, oh, OK, I'm getting this. But there's not just one room, there's lots of them. And as he's been taken mm-hmm. along, you have the froggy voice going sort of like, you know, whether it's free or occupied. And mm-hmm. so it's just telling people sort of like, this one's occupied. And so you know there's a whole heap of other people going through a similar... Interrogation. So all that I was like, oh, or, this is or cool. torture, right? Yes, I mean we worse. don't know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm digging this where I'm learning something about how this state is is twisted, or how it's sort of like, you know, how it enforces this logic. Because this is where I'm going, like, this should be the argument.
0: Mm.
1: You know, yes, I understand. I can understand the need for logic. I understand about making the right decisions based on probability. I understand logic. But you are torturing your own people to reach that end. How is that logical? You know, I want, that's the sort of like, those are the sort of things you want to, I want to see. And um, you want
2: that interrogated, right? I mean. Yeah, but, a little bit. Yeah, and, and yeah, okay. So we'll come back to the, the idea of logic. But I mean, I do think that totalitarian regimes like to say that they are logical yes. or divine or you know and then the reality is
1: but sure but those are all led by a person those yes. are all led by a human being this is not this is led by an ai and so that's supposed to be the right. differentiation of of that
2: right yeah that's true i mean but it's written by a Should person <laughs> i mean yeah. you know and in most depictions. i mean look is, is Skynet remotely logical? Absolutely not. It makes no <laughs> sense. You know? I mean, but it's fun and we forgive it. I mean, I think that, you know, to me, one of the the things that I was taken back by this uh, upon this viewing was how that theme of logic versus emotion and, and you suggesting a sort of synthesis at the end uh, demolition man style, a, a better example of that, you know, from a better film is, uh, metropolis, um, uh, mm. which ends with, which has this as its central kind of premise and ends with the union of these two things, right. Which doesn't work and is still stupid. Um, but, you know, here we're really, um, I mean, obviously in the sixties, this idea of, sort of efficiency and machines taking over and computers and, you know, the idea that we're losing our humanity some way in this process. This is a very sixties idea, right? Mm. What I thought watching this now, you know, uh, 55 years later, give or take was I grew up with a lot of those ideas, right. About not, um, denigrating the you know the importance of the nobility of man right i mean that's shot through star trek and everything else and i thought yeah literally did we realize that it was the emotional people who would establish the fascist state yeah you know that the fear today is not computers it's not a society that's organized and says you know what? You live and you die because the medicine to keep you alive at 80 is going to you know, cost two million dollars literally for these procedures. And you're going to live two more months. Right. Mm. The state is not going to pay for that. Well, that's death panels. Right. You know, the fear today is not too much logic. My fear today is, well, we have alternative facts. We just believe in what we want to believe and we are ratcheted up into the most emotional, like Christianity is on trial and uh, our nation is on trial and it's all emotional all the time. And I think I'd much rather have Alpha 60. Um that's well, you, not true. But, but,
1: but you no no but you are right. No 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 I agree. Like you, you say about this sort of thing of the, the fear of logic and everything. I mean that was the one of the big tracks of the Cold War. I mean, you know, we you and I sort of you know came up as kids in the 80s I was too small to worry about the bomb or nuclear, you know, the nuclear deterrent or anything, but I was well aware of our fear of robots in the 80s as a kid. Like, you know, they were either your best friend or the thing that was destroying the world. Like, there's no in the middle, you know, it was that, that's how it worked.
2: Skynet or batteries not included. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Johnny Five or the Terminator. Like, there's no alternative. Um, and so, I, I find that you' you're right there is a, there was this fear of sort of automation and because uh, this is the thing against coming out of the set, automation, factory automation, job automation all of that was rampant and so people feared it and that was that you're right it was this fear of, of of losing control but that drove this other shift to the other to the other way in part started in sort of the 90s but I think was actually um in, uh, really propelled by the war on terror mm. because you have instead of sort of having with the cold war it's a war of ideologies you know it's almost like political ideologies isn't it it's it's that was the idea it was like democracy versus communism or capitalism versus communism however you want to say it but uh, but it was it was about these bulk ideologies and so you could sort of have that cold um blocker between the two when you introduce sort of like fanaticism and religion and stuff it becomes a lot more personal because it becomes about an individual's faith. and I think we've just swung into that way as you said you know sort of this thing about uh, the sovereign individual that you and I have sort of like jokingly talked about in the past you know is is exactly that and that's where again you want to talk about where Lemmy um, caution has come from that push that where like you know have Von Braun going like the reason I set this up is because of the absolute shit show that you've got in the other country, in the outer countries, where you're all driven by your own individual desires and needs, and you all want to be all creative all the time, and nothing ever gets done, and it's chaos. Like, you know, yeah. that's that's the sort of the the, you know, the counter, and that's you. You are totally right. You know, it's that thing of the the selfish need of going like, you know, well, I am me, and I want to be recognised as a me. You know. It's mm-hmm. it's it's fine, but we, we also form this social contract where we've got to work as a flipping team, not as individuals. And so yeah, and,
2: and decisions have to be made logically. Right. I mean, sometimes, yeah. you know, I mean, look, I, I'm anti car culture, but sometimes you've got to put the highway in an efficient route. And that means you've got to buy out and demolish a house. Mm. Sorry. I know it's your house. Sucks to be you. I hope you're paid adequately. But, you know, you don't get to, you know, be like a cause celeb for, you know, crying in the newspapers and on TV, you know. And, yeah, I mean, it's this kind of absolute denial of running a society by any kind of logic um, that gets you. I mean, there's a thin line sometimes between or potentially there is between this sort of like French, yeah, you know, the rules are kind of guidelines. I'm going to hang out and and smoke pot in the park and drink wine and, you know, um, sort of classic uh, presentation of French society uh, or French prejudices. And, um, you know, what we have here, which is like the, the Christian Taliban, um, Mm. you know, saying, and I don't know that the truth is, you know, and I, and this is why I don't take the sense of logic in this movie all that seriously. I think the movie wants us to, but it doesn't really work. Like you say, it's not really that logical society. And no totalitarian state, you know, was ever in reality outside of science fiction created along logical principles. They were created along religious principles. They were yes. created along, well, you know, control.
1: This is the thing. In... Um, especially in this country, because we don't have logic. We we sort of like we, we like to think we do, we pretend we do, and then and then we do something completely different. But we have tried to build cities in the most logical way possible. Milton Keynes is a really good example of this. We've gone, look, it's it's we're gonna take the American model, it's all in squares, it's gonna do this, it's gonna do that. And 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 then you look at it and you go, yeah, nobody wants to live there because there's nothing there. There's no one ever, because it's not attractive. There's no culture there, there's nothing there. But then you go to say York, which is, you know, almost a thousand plus years old. It's a nightmare to drive around. It's awful <laughs> to even to walk around, but it's beautiful. It's got culture, and you want to be there and be a part of it. And I think that's this thing, isn't it? This idea of sort of being a part of things that's got history and 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 those sorts of things, and to talk about logic and people, like you know, especially you and I at the moment going through, you know, our countries, and you know, I can talk to the British um, experiences. We're going through a cost of living crisis. You know, petrol, fuel, everything, food getting more expensive, and we're going through a leadership race. Our current still in he may have, he may have resigned, but he's in sitting until somebody else takes his job. He's off gallivanting and having parties and doing of stuff. Like he's not leading he's not leading. So, we're going through a leadership race in which we have a former chancellor of the exchequer saying, We're in a cost of living crisis. This is what we should be doing because this is makes economic sense. Everyone boos and hisses at him. And so he goes, Okay, well, we'll do this instead. And you go, Hang on, no. Like, you, you know, that's not logic. That's you milk into the crowd and then Liz yeah. Truss doing whatever happens to be on the piece of scrap piece of paper in front of her because she's a fucking idiot. <laughs> But this is what I'm saying. Like the, you, our leadership isn't dictated where it should be by um, common sense and logic. It's dictated by staying in power and whatever they feel is is their right. And I think that's the problem. And, and it, so I do find the the, the notion of Alphaville appealing. Mm-hmm. You know, we are living in a time when I'm like, no, do you know what, Sorry, a computer. We and I had this a little bit when we talked about. Um, uh, Westworld season 3 so yeah whilst I was down on, on the season overall for many, of the, many things there was a part of the season which we, we talked about was the AI uh, ascribing jobs and, and location and all that kind of stuff and that made sense because it was it was like oh it's an informed decision you're going to live this long you've got this intelligence you've got these illnesses whatever and so you are going to be this job this role and, it, and we were like oh cool and the sh- but the show wanted to say this is control. This is bad. Blah, blah blah. And we kept saying, but show me the kid that's been pulled out of poverty to show to, you know, how, to show how this has actually been a benefit. Like, why did this? This was a good idea. It started out with the best of intent. Show me that best of intent. And I feel the same with Alphaville. When you're like, okay, if this is just if this has come out of something chaotic and they've gone, this is the alternative. We hand over control over to this AI and it makes probability based logical decisions. Show me the benefit of that, like, you know I, And I would, I, I'd be like, yeah I'm living in a chaotic world Being led by idiots That needs this logic And so yeah. Alphaville the, the, you say, Alphaville is, is an appealing idea But I need to see it In such light to, to for it to work
2: Yeah, and Obviously when we say it's an appealing idea We don't mean executions Of people for crying uh, You know No um, Maybe not, But, but... <laughs> you know, or or not being able to find any woman over, say, 28, yeah. uh, you know, um, so obviously there are problems. But I, I know exactly what you mean. I think that ultimately, like Brazil doesn't present a depiction of a society, really. I mean, this is a movie that is much more concerned with touching on these ideas mm. and painting a painting rather, you know, an impressionistic sort of portraiture rather than, you know, giving a crosscut of a society that you could really understand it. Um, not to mention a lot of the films that do do that, we still have complaints that they don't do it enough and we don't really know what it's like to live there, you
1: know? No, that's a very good point. And that, that yeah. um j- j- Just to sort of bring it to the next point, because saying that, I was just thinking about that, you know, the, the, the opposing forces and, and, and having that as an, as an appeal. But one of the things that I, I mentioned before, I, mean, um, I want to get back to the logic. In fact, no, let's do that first, because the, let's, it's worth sort of doing off the back of this. Let's explore the logic and this need for logic as we are. So in this film, there are two moments when Alpha 60 says, this is the only logical conclusion. And as you say this is written by a human It's written by a person And so I was like oh okay They talk about the threat From Well he discusses the threat from the the outer countries
0: Hmm.
1: And so it says Well the only conclusion The logical conclusion is Basically to attack them first before they attack us And I was like okay That seems like A really sort of Extreme logic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I was like, surely it would be, you know, oh, the logic is I've got to protect as many people as possible, so I should be prevent any. My logic would be prevent war at, at, you know, in any cost, sort of thing. So, well, how do I negotiate? How do I engage with the outer sort of thing? It's not, I'll bomb them first so I can sort of like, you know, because that worries me. Then I'm like, oh, hang on, we're hanging, we're handing over genocide and, and to a computer, and everyone seems okay with that sort of thing. And the other thing is obviously you talk about his executions, it does when talking to um uh, Lemmy uh, later on, the second time he's being uh, interviewed and they sort of know he's a secret agent, or at least it's strongly understood he is, it says, like, Well, the only the only logical conclusion is to kill you. Hmm. And well, again I should I'm like, kill him. Yeah, but again, I'm like Sure surely like, you know, you'd want to be sort of The logical conclusion is I'm going to actually imprison you because you may be valuable as an asset down the line.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with uh, a lot of depictions of, like, AIs. Um, You know, I recently concluded uh, the Orville Season 3, which is Mm. masterful. But it focuses a lot on Isaac, this uh, android character. And it's done well, but... Just like data on Star Trek, most of the responses are sort of like, yeah, that doesn't follow. I can yeah, think yeah. of a more logical response. I mean, and part of the problem is when you're talking about social statements, like social policies uh, attacking, you know, the outer countries or how do we handle this spy? Um, you know, when those are big nebulous questions right there's not a Mm -hmm. black or white right it's not chess uh and even chess it's not clear you could talk about probabilities but you can't talk about this is right this is wrong yeah Um, so so uh, these are like the output of a calculation right we look at that output as humans and say that's what we care about Mm -hmm. but in fact that's the end of a gigantic amount of radiocination of contemplating societies and policies, and you know setting examples and things like this that are really complex. And so I, I think that's the problem is we want an output that is logical to us. And obviously, an AI is not concerned with that, right? That's hmm. the human
1: output that's not
2: the the work, right?
1: But that is that not dependent on what you, program yeah the ai because you could program yeah. for the human the human output couldn't you and say right your your actual active objective is to sustain and maintain life if alphaville of all citizens of alphaville and you go okay well does that's that not clearly, change but that's
2: clearly not the intent right no i mean it, <laughs> what's logical depends on right i mean so it's not really that it's logical what is what is optimal as a course of action it's not the same thing as what's logical, right? Mm-hmm. which this movie doesn't know. but but what's optimal depends on, like you say, your inputs and your values, right? So if the price of a life at Alphaville is worth a hundred thousand dollars, you know, your calculations change as opposed mm-hmm. to if it's worth a million um, or ten cents, right? Um, you know, and and again, we might not like that there's a price to a life, but I'm sorry, there is.
1: Um, Yeah, no, there is. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Right. Here's something I I would like to... um, Because you're right, right? And you said the film, obviously the film isn't intent on the preservation of life. You've seen that this thing tortures and executes people, so it's not. It's about about maintaining certain rules. And so this is one of those things that sort of like, when we are presented with AIs... And I think this is because we haven't got the experience we will have, I'm sure, <laughs> of how they work. Because for all intents and purposes, like, they get beyond a learning point. Like, you know, um, there was two, um, it was Meta or previously Facebook, then they had two computers talking to each other. To, you know, they, had, they let themselves sort of have free reign. And within a day, these two computers had formed their own language and were sort of talking back and forth. And they had to turn them off because they were learning from each other. And you're like, can't be having that. Switch one of, the, switch them off at the, at the sort of, you know, the base. Fine. But when you are presented with these things like Skynet, um, or uh, Alpha 60, or the one from War Games, or any of those other kind of things, they're all driven by whatever is the the intent, and that intent has to be driven home by Human. Someone at some point, someone is sat at a keyboard typing in programming. Right? There's something that's the starting point. Now, one of the, the way they always so the way Skynet appears to be different from uh, these others and think I'm thinking of Westworld two as uh, season three as well. It, it, these things is Skynet got, gained sentience. It became self-aware, is what they say, and so it become it becomes about. Um, as we said, selfish, it becomes about preservation. It, it sees itself as it has to protect itself. The whole judgment day is about Skynet protecting itself. Alpha 60 and all these others have not got sentience, as far as we're aware. They're, they're shown to be an advanced AI, but they're not, they haven't got sentience. So all their decision, all that logic is still based on rules and stuff that are embedded by people. So it's still not cold, cold logic because it's being right. driven by someone's typing in and saying, "There's a gate in here that says if this happens, then you go yes," or an if it's like an if command, an and command, or an or command, or whatever. All the, that's how all this will start. Right. And so, to me, again, I'm still I, I don't know enough about programming or, or or AI's to know how this works, but like, surely that's the decision, you know? You come back to this thing of um, you're driving along. You know, in one you've you have two paths. You have to take one of those paths. But on one path are three young people. You know, um, and you're gonna if you go down that path, you're gonna kill three of those. Or if Not you go right. down the other path, there's, there's ten the, the elderly. Train. Yeah, there's ten elderly people. Yeah. You know, which one do you choose to, to to go down? You can't stop. You've got to choose one. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of fact And this, obviously, this is the one of the, the fears they have for. Um, uh, self-driving cars and stuff. But, like you say, wow. someone has to type that in. There's logic has to be typed in that says, well, this society is driven by youth and the potential for life, so we are going to protect the younger because there's more potential there, so we'll kill the elderly. Or, this society is driven by respect for the elderly and wisdom and stuff that's there, so it actually would sacrifice the young. Do you know what I'm saying, though? I do,
2: but, but all of this is... Thinking about it, if I may, in slightly the wrong way, right? It, okay. It's still it's still two human terms, right? So, like, yeah, that's my
1: point. There, that's my the, point. The car
2: is... that's the self driving car that has to make that decision is not going to be making that decision based on I have seen these three people and here's my estimation of their age. Mm-hmm. It's going to be making that decision based on uh, conditions on the road, you know, op- potential obstacles. Um, you know, it it might identify a person and say, avoid this, this path has more people. But we're, you know, we're decades away from that car being able to ascertain, you know, their ages and make a moral decision in that way. I mean, as far as like AIs, uh, you know, and and I'm not an expert, but, um, you know, you say like, it depends what we program into it. That's true, except like, the value of life is not something you can you can program in the same way, right? Mm. So, like when you're talking about machines learning based on uh, reading English, right? Mm. Um, you can tell it like Robocop style, like keep these directives, but the mm. meaning of those directives, like how does Robocop's brain, how does the machine that's strapped into his brain understand the meaning of those words, right? Yes. They change. So, so I mean that's sort of as good as you can do. But there's no like sort of value for life equation, right? That's just like a line of code, you know. Uh, The value under you know dollar sign value underscore for underscore life equals you know that you could just shift there. So yeah, I don't know. Um, You know, it it is a problem, uh, but. You know, I mean, it, ultimately, it's it's just a movie. It's just a nineteen sixties version of an AI. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it,
1: it it's a fair point. Maybe I'm, I'm digging too much into into this thing that sort of, you know, isn't like you said, isn't actually really the point. It's a sort of it's a bit of a guffin, isn't it? Really? Yeah, um,
0: it,
2: it is. I mean, it's an idea in a movie that's filled with ideas. Um, I mean, and and those ideas mostly work. They don't necessarily come together to form a narrative narrative, right? Um, but, you know, you mentioned that you like that interrogation and that mm. interrogation worked for you. It does for me, too. Uh, but I really love how after that he's told uh, that. There were answers that he gave that made no sense. hmm. I thought, yeah, right, exactly. It's this sort of, like, alien understanding. We literally can't understand each other because we come from different societies. And it's true that, um, like, you know, freedom does not mean the same thing in America as it does in France. Yes. Liberté, égalité, fraternité. I mean, that liberté is not the same thing as American freedom. You know? Yeah. Like, American freedom is like, I own my house I'm going to build, you know, an atomic reactor and (laughs) guard it with a shotgun, Um, you know, and and the French are like, no, that's that's not, you know, we're totally fine with you, you know, with not being able to build above a certain level or controlling the color of my house so that it fits in with the neighborhood or, you know, noise pollution, aesthetic Mm. pollution. Those are serious. That's not freedom. Uh, We have a different concept of freedom. And I, I feel very free to be myself on the streets of France. Um, you know, I'm not worried about wearing the wrong shirt or something and being yelled at or looked at, askance. Um Whereas I am here, but here I can, you know, sit on my porch with a shotgun if I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and, tell so every, and,
1: to, and then tell everybody how free you are. That's, that's yeah, the, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Was, You've got to brag about it on TikTok yeah. or, or it doesn't happen.
1: Um, no, it's but true. it still has to do with our values. And, yeah, exactly. And I think that... Yeah, I agree. Because it's, it's the same here. You know, in in Britain, like there is much more of an acceptance of those sorts of things. Of going like, well, there are rules to to play by, and and I don't agree with some of them, but they are some of them are for the are for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And so that freedom isn't a individual thing; it's a societal thing. We well, know as a society we are free, but we are free because we agree to sort of live by certain rules um and that's sort of that social contract so i agree yeah that, that, that alien clash of those different concepts is, is interesting but this is one of the and that's again like for me this film i'd love it to start to be in interrogating those differences a little bit more mm-hmm. um and so, yeah, that's that's still my problem with this film. Is it sort of it presents ideas and then doesn't do anything with them because it's then just like, but it's pretty. But I've got a scene where every time someone talks, the other person looks away, and I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck off. Like that's just. Oh, I,
2: I like all that stuff. I, I just don't think that it's it's not systematic, right? Like you're you and I both like these ideas. We like some of those scenes. You know, we like the same scenes and have some of the same problems. It's just not trying to present this kind of systematic depiction no. of these two societies that don't understand each other, and I yeah. think that that's fascinating. They could do more with that; it would be fun to watch that, but yeah. that's not what what the movie is doing.
1: What what I would say is, you you say about this this film is presenting as well. I, I want to go back to the sort of the technical things and some of the choices it's made. Um. And you you're, some of the arty stuff just just bothers me. Like the scene at the execution when they're overlooking the pool, mm-hmm. um, and every, the the person stalk, talking is in side profile, and then the the person that is not talking turns to look in the pool, and they just keep doing this thing like some whose line is it anyway kind of thing. And I was like, oh no, that bothers me. And there's a couple of scenes like that where it gets you know like you say self indulgent in the artiness. But the worst offending time of this is it has possibly the worst car chase I've ever seen on, on screen mm. outside of being filmed. And there is a fight scene that is basically... I, I, I It's like they filmed the choreographed rehearsal. OK, so I'll do this and we'll do this. They just took photos of that. And then it ends with oh. him...
0: Oh, yes, yes,
1: yes. It ends with him placing the, the, this vill- this sort of other person i'm not even you know this i think they work at, at whatever alpha 60s he places his head under the tire and then slowly drives over his head mm. and look out the window and i was like none of this i was like laughing i was chuckling like it was it was it was it, i
2: was like I, I, yeah, the, the film stills thing is really bad and yeah and
1: it, it's
2: it, it does seem like i sort of classify it i've seen a lot of like student films um some of which are amazing but a lot of which you make silly mistakes, like it's cool to see it in negative, you know, like, yeah. right. You know, um, yeah, we couldn't I mean, look, this is obviously sort of low budget. Um, you know, the, the fight scenes are sort of limited I, when you actually see like him in the corridor at uh, at Alpha 60. You know, I've seen worse fight scenes in mm-hmm. Hollywood films but you're right then you get to this like weird well we'll, we'll just do it in stills um i will say having I, I agree with you 100% i didn't laugh but you know i it's i'm groaning inside uh, mm-hmm. but i will say that once he is revealed to really be a secret agent i mean what i, I love that he runs over the guy's head with a with a car yeah, yeah, yeah. like once he's revealed to be a secret agent this guy who's just taking pictures constantly and seems, you know, sort of, um, I mean, he's a film noir character. He's sort of withdrawn. He, he's a machismo, sort of silent, mm. strong, silent type. He just becomes like a Pulverhoven murderer. <laughs> like, he yes. just goes around and he's gunning people down. You know, he's just going to all of the sites of the movie, accomplishing what he needs to do, and they are not prepared for somebody just coming in and shooting people. Yeah. And it's it's so shocking and charmingly, shockingly violent, um, that I agree with you that that's not done well. That's not edited well, and it's not shot well. But I do love his sort of change of... It's like, nothing to lose. I've been exposed as a secret yeah. agent. You know, this society is not used to psycho killers. And oh, I no. come from yeah, a place not that has for... psycho killers.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it is... It, it... <laughs> and this is the thing again i'm watching this and going sort of like there's a shift in this and i would like this like you know this is where and i think of films where they have an actor like like you say this is such an, an atypical noir character like he's gruff and and burly and you can you know he can handle himself in a fight and I mean, the oddity is like he opens with him killing a guy in his in his hotel room, so you know he's capable. Like you know, this guy's not a problem, so I'm I'm comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, the switch up at the end where it's sort of the civil, almost like the civilized approach, sort of goes out the window. Like he's not on the defensive anymore; he's on the offensive. Um, you know, it's one of those where you'd have like you know, you'd expect that from but the Bond is always on the offensive, so it's never really expected. But like I can imagine, like you know, like this would be like a a born ultimatum kind of thing where you have like Matt Damon you go oh Matt Damon looks very civilised and then he beats someone to death with a rolled up newspaper and you're like oh shit like you know this is out of nowhere and so I, I like that but the way unfortunately again because it's sort of it's it's all in this approach whilst again I like the intent I'm like the execution just fails me unfortunately Um and it also leads to an, an ending how that- does it fail you? So, be, because his, I, I get his rampage, yeah, it, because it all feels so stilted as well. Unfortunately, in its execution, that I'm just like, That's I get Low what budget, doing. not
2: greatly, yeah, but, I,
1: but, but I've seen low budget films, and oh, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want people shot and blood spraying everywhere, but like, you, I want that tension up, Ramped up and stuff. So, make it efficient, make it dark, make it look grimy, but like, this just doesn't. Seem to want to do that in t- I don't know it sort of seems to lose its track A little bit towards the end But the, also the other thing that when I actually chuckled And made me think a little bit almost of Austin Powers Is at the end when he Completes his mission he kills you know Professor Von Braun and he, I assume He shoots up the machine as well Like he shoots up uh, uh, Alpha 60 He then leaves This is where you get all the negative And people are just like rolling around the walls And crawling on the floors and there it, it becomes this this narration where it's like, yeah, as I finished, like people just went crazy and those that didn't mm. die just went. I'm like, what, what happened? What, I do what, what connection did they have to the computer? Like this is where I'm going, like, I want to know. Like there's something mad here. Like, okay, how did they have a chip in them? Were they sort of like, were they all connected to Alpha 60? Were they all robots? Like what is going on?
2: Is, they, is there something being broadcast that's like yeah. affecting their minds and and helping them to kind of forget the meaning of certain words? No, exactly. you're right. It doesn't make sense and it it's a it's another thing where it's like it's a cool idea. Um I don't know that they have the budget to really pull it off or you know again you you point out quite rightly it's not just budget, right? I mean it, it's mm. Godar and what he wants to do. But yeah, I mean it's another one of these things where it's like I don't really understand. If you're trying to understand and, and want everything to make <laughs> sense, you're just coming at this the wrong way, right? I mean, and and I have I have the same complaint that you do. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's totally bizarre. It's the idea of like the city falling apart and and everyone, you know, being totally unmoored with this AI destroyed that's cool but it yeah it's the kind of thing where you'd say all right buddy you've got a cool idea for this movie you haven't thought that stuff through right and you haven't thought how to present it throughout the narrative so that this is not new information when this happens not because that is what a conventional narrative does um you know by all means surprise us i mean look you know, we've talked off camera about how Batman, the Batman, to- you know, totally fails to do this uh, in exactly
1: you, the same way. You, you've talked about it.
2: <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's I, objectively I, 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 a terrible yeah. film, but, you know, and it fails to, to do this, you know, in exactly the same way. Um, but, I mean, you certainly can't complain that Alphaville hasn't mentioned that people are, you know, uh, somehow connected you know, symbolically or, or physically to the AI and and then also say, oh, by the way, Gotham is surrounded, you know, it's like New Orleans surrounded by lo- a lock system. Uh, and uh,
1: all
0: right. You know, okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, all my right. point
2: is you can do these things and, and have them be symbolic and interesting, but the reason why you want to as a writer Weave these through the mo- movie or through the narrative is because it is then more satisfying to the audience mm. when you know the gun has been introduced in the first act that goes yeah. off. The
1: well, th- to me, the as is, yeah, let's say the Chekhov's gun in all of this that is mentioned throughout the film and should really have been is the key point because he does it, he does it uh, actually go there. They call it, does it central control? So when he arrives, like, three or four people say to him, like, oh, you've got mm-hmm. to check in with central control. Yeah, And he's like, no, <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. And then another person's like, you should really check in with central control. Like, And, and eventually, even Natasha says, like, have you checked in with central control? Like, they keep pushing him to this thing. Like, at no point does he say, oh, what, what is it that you want me to get from central control? And, you know, that's when they'll be like, oh, you get, you know, it allows the Whatever track you, you get this earpiece, you get this whatever the mm, the mm. bloody hell, whatever the, the hell it is. Uh-huh, yeah. When you're in this city, you have to have this device because that's how that's the, the way it works. And that's what drives people mad. There you go, solved it. One bloody he doesn't have to, he can reject mm. it throughout. But we also know because the one thing I like is obviously he takes Natasha at the end and he, he basically sort of knocks her out and then it's like, um, or they don't. It's. And, <laughs> Talk about art. I'm sorry, but the, the, the whole end of them rolling around the room. She's in one of those interrogation rooms, where she's looking through one of the interrogation rooms, and the moment that he sort of like surfaces up, like he sort of like appears like a muppet mm. on the other side of the window, and then he says they have this conversation with Alpha 60 and says like, you know, well, no, I will show you what happiness is. We're in love, and I'm like, yeah, you, you, you look it, you grumpy git, and then they, to dis when they leave they they lower out of shot on the other side of the glass
0: mm-hmm.
1: and again i'm just like I, it it looks it's one of those things that again you say as a student film you think oh that looks cool and it hasn't but it looks it doesn't translate it looks silly and unfortunately i'm like it, it, it then breaks that tension um and so that's the problem i had with, with the parts of the end but um yeah
0: yeah
2: and it is sort of well i mean I do see sort of Blade Runner influences of kind of like leaving with the girl. And, the
1: relationship, you know. oh, the whole relationship with Natasha uh, um, and Deckard. Uh, well, I, 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 used to relate, I think Deckard and Lemmy are so similar and then Rachel and Natasha like, so intrinsically linked to the main thing like, and being pulled out of the system to go and then you're not entirely sure if she's She's got the number on the back, so you're not entirely sure what she is. Like, oh, I, it's, it's more.
2: Or, or than, like, is there really love there? You know, yes, like, exactly. You yeah,
1: know, oh, this isn't. I really, Scott, watched this and was like, oh, yeah. No, no one has seen this in America, so I'm going to make this film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there definitely is an influence there. Mm. You know, and it's an evocative ending. I mean, it is. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the thing is, you know, like, I mean, when I know we've got to wrap up, but, mm. um, you know, I will say I have. I am more willing to forgive this and, and more willing to forgive Brazil um, because they are not trying to, I mean, but especially this, where they're not trying to present a, a logical conventional narrative in the same way. Right. Um, I mean, I love uh, who's the guy who does like the tree of life. Um, much Aronofsky. Of no, no, no. Um, um, anyway. um the director who, God, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, uh, you know, it's uh, got dinosaurs in the Tree of Life with Brad Pitt, and you know, it's like a 1950s reminiscence. <laughs> but we're gonna go back in to time. To that. And you know, he did, uh, you know, the Thin uh, Thin Red Line. Oh, Malick. Um, yeah, Terrence Malick. I mean, Terrence Malick is totally indulgent, and there are these yeah. weird emotional sequences, you know, but. It sticks with you and it's brilliant. And you know, you kind of don't get to say, like, right, why are there dinosaurs there? <laughs> you know, because it's a it's a Terrence Malick film. I mean, this is a Godon film. And and in a way, I do feel like when a movie says, I'm going we we are the logical movie, you know, Chekhov's gun applies here. We're not just presenting a kind of like impressionistic thing that has a bunch of ideas. Um and hopefully you enjoy it. For me, those errors are more frustrating in a, mm. in a movie like The Batman or something like that than, than they are here, where it's like, oh, well, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's not pretending to be a deep presentation of two different cultures clashing.
1: Yeah, I think that's the part of the problem for me, though, is that sort of like, if, if it's not going to be that... That sort of analysis of two cultures clashing and in a you, know, you know with a detailed plot and character sort of development and and you know interactions. Oh, it's gonna be this arty thing over here. All right. Then do it really well. I, oh. I expect you to be technically brilliant and I expect you to be um, thematically tight in everything else you're doing. If you're not, and you're not this, then you are failing across the board
2: yeah I mean, I think that's fair. i I you know, I am a huge fan of European cinema, the mm. history of european cinema i've I've taught French cinema. Uh, I am not a big fan of French new Wave, which is like what french new the French cinema is most famous for, right? Um, and what be, sort of became the dominant artsy movement after Italian neorealismo. Mm.
0: Um,
2: and I Partly, it's because of everything you're saying, uh, you know, that it seems to me a lot of these films, especially Godard, is sort of meandering plots. I appreciate elements of them. I appreciate that he's an outsider. The characters are outsiders. They're, you know, uh, all of these themes are there, but they're not concerned with that sort of tightness. Of, you know, when you say a tightness of theme, right, consistency of theme, elaborating on theme yeah that's not gonna happen in in these movies. Uh, and you know, they are what they are. Uh, I think it's cool that Godard made a sci-fi movie and it's black and white and it's head and influence and you know, I think it's worth seeing and talking about. but I, I, yeah. I know what you're saying.
1: The, the thing is, I think about past films that we've watched in this sort of in, in this sort of thing, just to sort of wrap up on this, I'll consider this my final thoughts. I think of the film, I thought about the, the influence on Blade Runner and those thats and the way it's shot and there's, some, there's obviously that noir influence and the whole plot and the, the relationship between Deckard and Rachel and so on and so forth. Fine. All that's kind of good. There's some good moments in this. There's some good character moments. I think Anna Karina as as Natasha Van Brun is good. I think she has some scenes that are actually very, very good. Uh, Eddie Constantine as as let me caution. It's kind of fun in some scenes. Like there's the when the um every time the sort of the bell boy tries to get go for a tip and he keeps slapping his hand away and stuff like that. Like it's fun. Like he's quite it's kind of if he was in a straightforward film, I'd kind of want to follow him as a character. Um the problem for me comes is though, like, what is this?
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, if you talk about art and about these things, you know, if it's, if it's if it's a tight, straightforward. Espionage film, and we, you know, we've got some of those where it's going to be, yeah, we're going to have this character, it's going to be this sort of, you mentioned like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or something like that, where it's going to be an intricate plot, but no one's really the hero. It's more about sort of like the shifting of states and all this other stuff. Cool, I'm all for that because I like that. That's that's a good. I like the idea of that. Or go full James Bond and have the adventure. Do that as well. Whatever you want to do. But if you're going to go arty, The Fountain. I think of like The Fountain. Um, which we watched And in the last season you Now I wasn't as enamoured that. Movie. I liked it and I thought it was very very good um, And there were scenes that I chuckled At that as well and sort of said to you, you know, There were certain scenes where the floating Bald Hugh Jackman appears at the end And I was like what was going on And you, you pointed certain things out However As an art film which that very much is It is stunningly Beautiful mm-hmm. like the presentation Is phenomenal um, you know, it knows what it wants to do. It's a Tristy on death and, and cycles of life and grief and guilt and all this other stuff. And so you are sort of watching this thing. And you, even if I'm not fully um, th- plot wise engaged, like that film still takes you on an emotional roller coaster where at the end of it, I'm like, what did I just watch? Like something just kicked me in the gut and I'm, you know, I'm engaged with it. And then you, I think about other things like Eyes Without a Face, where we said the film was like poetry. It was like this this mm. thing of just sort of like this art. It was artistic in that sense of it flowed and it had these weird things. But it, 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 And the ending was almost like a, 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 um, a fairy tale of sort of like, well, what happens next? And all these other things. Like, And you know, we've watched these films where I've gone like, I want to know more. I'm engaged and I love this film. or I'm really enjoying this film. Where the thing is with this, there is nothing for me to grab onto. Like, the plot, I'm struggling with the plot. The characters are all right. There's some and then you get to the artistic points, and it's almost laughable in places. We're going to have a fight done with stills. That, or even, they're not stills, by the way. It's just people holding position. They're not stills, because other things are moving. It's people being filmed in in fixed positions, and that made it worse, mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so I'm watching it, I'm going, like, artistically, this doesn't work for me. Like, it's I'm, there's nothing in here I'm appreciating. then they got bad editing, where I'm like... It's, it technically it's not good, it's not plot-wise, mm-hmm. so unfortunately this film sort of just, you used a really good point, you said it will collapse in on itself, that's what this film did for me, it just collapsed in on itself of like, I've no idea what I'm supposed to take from this I'm, I'm not, I, I didn't walk away with this having had an experience hmm. positive, positive at least <laughs> Yeah
2: I mean, I think that Obviously, my instincts are not to Godot and not to Mm. uh, this sort of uh, impressionistic, you know, throw it all in there and, you know, hope for the best. It's it's all art and poetry, baby, you know. I mean, that's not the way my brain works. Mm -hmm. Um, My brain is very structural and, you know, overly so, if anything. Um, So this is not in some sense a movie for me Mm. maybe because of that i'm able to kind of let go of some of those things especially because this is not my first viewing and see those things that you and i both like um i think some of the performances are great i think some of these ideas are great i think the you know dictionary stuff and the words Mm. disappearing i love that stuff Um, Mm. reminds me of other stuff other works that i kind of like better but i i do think this is a very it's an interesting film it's a film that you hate less the more you see <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's gonna go on the back of julian darius <laughs> you hate so, you'll so, hate this less the more you see it
1: yeah okay what's that syndrome they say when kidnappers you, you know you fall in love with your kidnapper is that what this is that's sort of like <laughs> yeah yeah um i, I forget what the, it's called uh but yeah, the more, yeah. So if I was to be sort of held in a room and I'd be like, after 15 hours of watching this mm. film, I'm, I'm totally in love with it. Um, no, but I mean,
2: I don't know. I, you know, one of the reasons why I like putting films like this, you know, in the list and I like watching these films, um, So I, I don't think any of us watch enough films like this. No. And even if this is not a masterpiece, I think it's very influential Uh, You know, this is a relatively early depiction of, uh, you know, totalitarian society that is done well, uh, you know, at least in those respects. Um, You know, I think it's very it's much more influential than it is sort of successful on its own terms as a film. But I don't think we watch enough foreign film and weird stuff. And and I do think that my brain goes back to Alphaville for I, I don't enjoy watching it. Okay. no, by and large. There's stuff that I love. I love his rampage, you know, (laughs) Um, and I love some of the weirdness of it. But, um, you know, I don't by and large watch this and go, I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm loving this so much. But my brain goes back to it in a way that so much trash that comes out of Hollywood, I think, is anyone ever going to remember this? And why would you want to watch or make a movie that nobody is ever going to remember or say that's my favorite movie? I want to have a discussion about that. Um, I could have a discussion. Of, we just have had a discussion mm. about bill and I think it's fascinating. In some ways, it's more satisfying than the
1: movie. <laughs>
0: you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, you are right, and I think that I like. But Star the Kong thing Syndrome. is. Stuck to the here, yeah. I think the thing is, you're right there. There are two things just to find. Like, you know, when a film reminds me of things, and I do think, oh, that's better. I want to go watch Blade Runner, or, oh yeah, I want to go watch something else. That's a problem. Now it might be that these. Obviously, you're right. I think this has massive influence. Um, but that's that's the problem I'm going like, oh yeah, that's really cool actually. Oh man, I wish i was going to go watch that. <laughs> like, that's the issue. Um. And the, the you're right about having the conversation, but I do think there are There's mainstream. And I think the mainstream at the moment is massively populated by sort of like easy to swallow pop culture, like that's and that's always been the case, it has been for a long time. But I think in, in certain genres, there's still uh, there are studios that are allowing this to happen, like A24 in particular. Now, it's, it's more in the horror genre, I will admit, at the moment, but like you've had like The Witch, uh. Um, the lighthouse, um, even like Midsummer, like they're they're willing to go, you know. Yeah, we're going to be weird. Like you, you, we don't. I don't really care if you like it, but this is what we're doing. You know, like we're not going to be sort of like hitting up the mainstream. We're going to do this, and I would like to see maybe some sci-fi do that as well. Like there's a few. There are some. Like there, you know, it's but it's very sort of like the like the lobster and and. Is it like uh, is it called Henry and the Robot or something? There's a couple that you see come out, and you go, oh, "They're a bit weird and small and and funky." But like, I'd like a bit more to go in that direction. But you said about Nolan, you know, like I actually haven't seen Tenant yet. I haven't seen it. Um, just, I just haven't got around to it really. But like, I I like the fact that you know, we are being given those opportunities. I just wish, like you said, there'd be a bit more of it. Not this per se, but like more more of those. So I agree on that on that on that front. I'd like to discuss those those weird films. Uh, any last comments before we do rock out? No, um, again, uh, fin is yeah. what I think was Oh, that
2: even that ending. Like, I mean, I I agree with you. Even that ending where one letter of fin appears yeah. at a time, and then the little dot over the i is very student film, right? I mean, yes. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree with that
1: yeah oh well anyway ladies and gentlemen if you have forced
2: you to watch alpha (laughs) yeah
1: you're right watching these is important and uh, you know i've enjoyed when you have brought in these sort of the 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 foreign element and and you are right that we should watch more of these because it exposes me to this i still think i still think of solaris from back in season one i still think of that film and i want to watch stalker at some point i really do so you know that Definitely had an influence, um, but we, we should introduce more. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you have watched Alphaville, it is available on Studio Canal as a channel, and I think it's available other places as well. Um, go check it out. Let us know what you think, and come back and tell us. You know, um, are we right? Are we wrong? <coughs> what did you like? What did you dislike uh, about this film? What did you chuckle at? Let me know. I really want to go. Come find us on social media at pod time space on uh, Twitter Um, uh, or leave a review, just go on your podcast catcher and leave a review five stars and then tell us what you thought of Alphaville. That'll be a a Christmas present for us, early Christmas present. Um, But if you really are what we're doing here, you will find that between these main episodes, we are now dropping our trekking through the twilight zone. You're going to be listening to season one uh, every other week, episode by episode through season one of the original classic Sterling twilight zone. However, if you want the full first two seasons of that, pretty much, join our Patreon, and even at the lowest level, which I think is sort of like five pounds, which is done this for like a couple of a uh, couple of dollars, I'm not sure what that is. Um, you will get uh, trekking through the twilight zone on a weekly basis, every Tuesday or Wednesday, we sort of drop those out, and then you get a monthly podcast, thirty minute thoughts, a quarterly podcast where we're going to create to talk about different things so there's so much going on 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 there. so go check out our patreon it really helps us keeps the towers keeps the lights on in uh, in the you know at, uh, in the space century station
2: geek, uh, tower uh, 20th
1: century towers we yeah 20th century it's, it's www.patreon.com/20cgmedia that's 20th century geek media and you are right it helps keep the lights on at 20th century towers so Great.
2: While I love going through the Twilight Zone with you, I also want to recommend
1: your thirty-minute thoughts, which I, Mm. yeah, I really enjoy. Yeah, there's me going on some rant for thirty minutes, and then, unfortunately, often I'll do those, and then an hour later, I'm like, oh, I forgot to mention this thing. Oh well.
2: It's always the way.
1: Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Greatly appreciate it, and uh, we shall see you on the next episode. streams.